today's world, it's no longer good enough just to do the work and wait for it to be recognized. We're always told that we need to communicate well and ensure that we project our work in a manner that others can understand and appreciate. But how exactly does one do that? Is it just about being fluent in the language or writing like a best-selling author? Or must you join something like Toastmasters or take dramatics lessons to get better at speaking? Or can anyone become a better communicator? Well, today we are privileged to have with us Benzu Lin, a Senior Director of Community Operations at Uber and author of Deliver, which is the book which has a lot of growth hacks on how to accelerate your career. He's always been a strong proponent of good communication and clarity in communication and will be sharing with us today his key pointers on how to immediately become a strong and effective communicator regardless of your fluency in writing or speaking. But before we begin, a couple of quick reminders. If you like this episode, please do rate it 5 stars and follow the show so you don't miss out on any of the great guests that we have coming up. And if you need a recap of the episode, feel free to head over to crazytalk.online to read the full transcript. So Venzo, with that said, thank you so much for making the time to join us here today. Maybe before we get going, would you like to introduce yourself, maybe a little bit about your journey so far, and also tell us about your book and the inspiration for your book, and also where can people get hold of it? Thank you, Amit. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, a quick introduction for myself. My name is Wen Su, Wen Su Lin. I'm based in the Philippines. I actually grew up, uh, I was born in Taiwan, uh, raised there a bit, but spent most of my time in the U.S. In the Midwest and on the East Coast. Not sure if my accent uh, comes out that way. And then my background is in electrical engineering for undergrad and graduate. I had spent some time in consulting and then went to get my MBA. And then I uh, did more consulting. I had a crazy idea about selling pretzels in China. Uh, moved to China and Beijing. Started uh, a pretzel a brand. Uh, brought it over from the U.S. I spent time, some time there, did not do very well on that one. Ended up moving to the Philippines, where I'm based today. I joined Uber about eight years ago and to start this called Community Operations, which is basically the back office support and operations for Uber in Asia. And then, um, yeah, so that's been a, a quick uh, summary of my journey so far in my career wise. And then this book called Deliver, it's basically the all the untaught lessons that if I could go back in time and give myself tips, my early self after graduations about all the different things that, that I needed to learn, the things that, that were not taught in school, this is a summary of all of that. So the book is called Deliver, The Untaught Lessons to Growth Hack Your Career. The reason for writing it is something that I've been taking notes on these uh, you know, untaught lessons uh, throughout my career. I've been using it to teach my team. Uh, but then the COVID lockdown, and I specifically remember uh, April 1st, 2020, being a very pivotal date when everything, when the sky was clear, no planes in the air, everything was, it was, yeah, completely locked down, as if you recall during that time. And it's the first time in a while I actually had time to sit down and structure the thinking, put everything down, and, and was able to write everything. So I spent 2020 and 2021 writing and editing the book. Very happy that's out now. So, yeah, deliver. Yeah, it sounds like a really good book. And I mean, there's a ton of material in there that I'm sure will benefit our listeners. And our show is entirely about accelerating one's career. So it's great to have a book like this with real lessons, you know, stuff that you can actually apply to your own career. So everyone 
please go and check out deliver it's uh, where is it available when so uh, it's available on uh, in the philippines uh, it's available in the national bookstores and also online but it's available in most online stores amazon the kindle also print edition in most of the major markets but also any electronic reader that you have from google to apple it's available all online there right okay so pretty easy to get a hold of it so everyone head on over to wherever you buy books and and check it out so venzu we are going to talk about communication today and i did touch upon the fact that everybody talks about you need to be a good communicator but why really why not just be a communicator i mean i understand that part you should talk about your work but why does one have to be good why is the bar high at all why not just dump whatever you have to say and uh, be done with it yeah great question uh, one thing is i guess being a engineer one thing that we value quite a lot is just someone who's really smart who can actually work through technical problems and things like that as i started to grow in my career what i realized that separated uh, leaders from the people who are actually doing all the work is that the leaders they not only know the details and the functional um, expertise but they can also communicate it in a very clear and concise way to the point where you know i asked my current boss i think he's has seen and worked with many fortune 500 ceos i asked them what was the difference that separated uh, a typical uh, ceo from a great ceo and he basically said hey it's actually the way that they communicate the way they can articulate the same message but most likely in more concise words and one that can actually bring out the message a lot uh, in a lot more clear way so i realized that the communication matters quite a lot especially for engineers who are not focused on that second thing as a manager now of a fairly large team i realized that there are a lot of invisible costs to bad communication as an example if someone sends an email or a message that is very hard to comprehend i think we've all have seen that before a very very long message that takes you 10 20 30 minutes to to skim over read and then you're like what does that mean i have no idea what the person is saying full of colors and bolded stuff and underlining and all of that yeah that's a whole different thing and the messaging <laughs> and the formatting and things matter quite a lot and how uh, the communication works but then there's a lot of uh, cost to it because if you end up sending that email to 20 people and they spend 10 minutes and not understand it all of a sudden collectively you actually wasted a lot of time from the uh, the overall team but if someone thinks about it they actually come up with a very thoughtful message that can be consumed in 1 minute all of a sudden you can see that hey 90% of the time spent on that one message is better used across the whole team right actually this is a fantastic insight venzu because when people think about communication they're looking at how to make it efficient for themselves but you are essentially saying that you need to take the time and not focus on how much time you can save on yourself because chances are you're wasting a ton of overall organizational time in sending a badly crafted message so this is really good i've never heard anybody else explain it this way and it is pretty obvious if you think about it uh, in that manner so thanks for sharing that okay so this makes sense now it also maybe puts the whole context of this conversation a little bit better because you're talking about communicating for others not just uh, making things easier for yourself and i'm sure a lot of people when they think about communicating whatever their work is and so on just start communicating so you just start writing your email or you just start drafting your presentation or you just start speaking when you're supposed to speak but i think what you're trying to say is that that's not actually the starting point of good communication Uh, so what is that uh, starting point if it's not just to start speaking or writing yeah great question and i am very guilty of this to this day 
when someone asks me a question, basic thing like, hey, how's your day? It's easy to start to ramble and just kind of a top of the mind thoughts, literally stream of consciousness just comes right out. Um, I realize that in a, a work setting, uh, more so though, it needs to be a bit more structured. Um, the example that I used in the book, the way I was thinking about it is, if you think about a very cluttered house, and I think that's representative of a lot of our thoughts and thinking, right? If someone asks you a question, you're thinking all different things. Your whole mind is very cluttered from where the thoughts are coming from, where it's going. But if we take a page from KonMari, uh, the KonMari method, right, of decluttering, organizing. So imagine organizing your mind and thoughts together. That's the way I approach communication. And when I think about uh, a problem, when someone asks me a question, I would have to stop. That's the first thing. Think about it, organize my thoughts on what I want to say. How should I say it? And then go from there. But it's always stopping, uh, reflecting and thinking through before talking. Right. Okay. And when you're doing this reflection and organizing, like KonMari has a method, like you organize whatever t-shirts in this way and you remove things that don't bring you joy, etc. So is there a similar method or some way of thinking that helps you kind of organize your thoughts? Yeah, there are many methods out there for organizing thoughts. The the most powerful one that I've seen so far, so this is the one where I didn't invent, but I saw it, is one called MISI or MIS as a founder. It's, it means mutually exclusive, collectively exhausted. It started by a lady named Barbara Mento. I know when she was working at McKinsey. And it's a very, very powerful concept, very difficult. It sounds easy, very difficult to actually understand and master. But let, let me explain what it is. So when you say mutually exclusive, you're thinking about every single point that you have is very unique. It's different from each other, right? It's hard to say something like, hey, I want colored shirts. And then as one point, next point you say, I want purple shirts. And then I also want four shirts. And if you start to think about it, if you listen on the same category, the colored shirts and the purple shirts, they overlap with each other. So you, you want to say something, you should say, I want purple shirts, blue shirts, and other shirts. So if it's um, cover, it covers every single one is actually mutually exclusive. So it's very distinct. And second thing is collectively exhaustive means that you cover 100% of everything. So which means that if you're thinking about pizza pie, everything, you know, you're cutting in slices, it should be clean slices. You can't like invisibly on top draw, you know, square slices and then and other type of slices and, and then have overlaps. You know, you have to cover the whole pizza as well. So it'd be collectively exhaustive. So that concept is very simple to understand. But, and I read about this right after college. But what I've learned is that it's incredibly, incredibly hard to implement and master on this. Right. And I like the pizza example because you're saying the slices are mutually exclusive because the slices are independent and collectively they are exhaustive because it covers the whole pizza. Similar, uh, maybe another example would be a jigsaw puzzle where all the pieces are mutually exclusive, but together they describe the whole picture. So that's right. I think that's a very powerful concept. And what you're saying is just by applying this concept, you already clear up your thoughts because you've covered the entire subject you want to cover because it's collectively exhaustive and your individual points don't end up going in circles and stepping on each other's toes because they are uh, mutually exclusive. Okay, so that's actually a really good framework and way of thinking and maybe uh, after this uh, episode on the website, I'll try and link some material to this so people can look it up. What else? So now that you've organized your thoughts into this MISI framework, I suppose you've jotted them down somewhere. How do you then put it together into a form that you can then start using? 
Yeah, good, good question there. I think the for me, using the MISI framework, actually getting to MISI framework is very tough. It's a principle um, that it's more of a principle. It's not a guide on how to get there. To say to someone, if they come up to you and say, hey, these are the reasons why you should fund my project. It's hard to teach and train someone to just be MISI right off the bat. So I've actually developed a couple of techniques over the years that helps a person get to MISI. And uh, two techniques. One, I called uh, BSP, which and my team members, if you're listening to this call, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's called bolded summary phrases. So what we do there is for every bullet point, every list point, sub bullet point, and things like that, I ask people to put together a BSP, a bolded, a bolded summary phrase. So basically it's a concise summary of what the bullet point is about. And then uh, what we ask people to do is make it, write it within three to five words. So it is truly a summary. The reason why that's useful is imagine you write a bullet point of a whole paragraph and you have two or three points in there. When you try to write the BSP, a summary of that, you'll realize, oh wait, I actually can't capture it in three to five words because that's two different points. And that forces you to break it apart to two different bullet points. The more you practice that, the more you, you can start to break apart the mutually exclusive points because you can't summarize it otherwise. So it's a really good practice on that. And I've been asking our teams to do this in every document, every email, everything they write. What's useful about it is imagine in a corporate environment, you write 10 emails a day, you use the bullet point construct, you would actually have bullet points in there. So let's say you write three bullet points, 10 emails a day, you're practicing at least 30 times a day. And so over one year, you're actually going through practicing the me part of MISI quite a lot. So that's the BSP construct. And then the second thing that kind of brings it home and, and completes a circle is just like a, a common rule that a lot of people have used. It's called rule of three. I tried to make people bucket everything and categorize it up to buckets of three. So if you're talking about something, someone gives me 50 points, you know, 50 bullet points, even if they're distinct and very uh, narrowly focused, I ask them to, to bucket it up, right? So how do you put it in bigger categories, bigger categories until you only have three categories? And then, uh, so if you use a combination of the BSP and the rule of three, you can actually get to MISI quite quickly. But the BSP and rule of three, it's very easy to see, very easy to implement, and very easy to monitor, right? Because you can look at someone's bullet points, how many bullet points you have, if you have more than three, okay, can you try to group into just three only? And you can keep doing that recursively until you get the MISI aspect. Right, and what I like about uh, this, whatever you just said, is that BSP essentially is giving us a way to translate MISI into practice rather than leaving it as some theoretical construct. So that's great. I mean, it's, it's it's something that people can immediately apply. And that in combination with rule of three is making the entire message much easier to skim or to digest quickly. And especially for, I think, leadership. So in your case, you have a large team. If somebody two or three levels down from you wants to send you something and they send you 50 bullet points, like you said, it puts too much of mental load and it's probably too much detail for you to know anyway. And so therefore, this practice of trying to group things into threes means that they have to focus on what is most important for somebody three, four levels above them to know. And that makes life just a lot easier for that person and for the writer as well, because they're getting the important message across and therefore more likely to get whatever it is that they want versus losing the person and all that detail. Yeah, correct. So this is really, just, it's a method. It's a method of uh, communication, especially for writing that we use. And it's the more more times you practice, the more times you realize that your two things happens. One is your mind becomes more structured because now you're thinking in terms of, hey, how do I summarize this? How do I make sure every point is distinct? And then the second thing, the rule of three makes you 
uh, gives you that ability to make it more concise into buckets of three, which is, is always easier than you know 15 different random points. Right. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Venzu. That is really good information and really good tactics overall for people to practice. So now I assume all of this is still around the actual preparatory work, right? So you've decluttered things, you put them into a structure, you've probably written out these bullet points in, in the BSP format. So now how does one actually craft the message or deliver that message? Yeah, this is one that took a while for me to think to figure out. I think it's actually pretty basic. If you actually want to have a really clear, clean message, you have to invest time into it. You have to actually sit down and write down what the message is. I have seen people going into discussions. For me, in the past, I would just go in blindly. Hey, I know a lot of things. I can, I can go on the fly and make up my key messages. But what I've seen to be a lot more powerful is people who actually think through how the conversation flow could be. They actually map it on paper. So for example, hey, someone in a meeting may ask me question A or B, how would I answer it? And they actually write it down. I've seen people actually write it down who put into like threes and things. So they had their key messages on if someone asked them um, about specific topics. That's probably just that early preparation by far the most important thing. And then later on, just in terms of how you approach that communication for writing and also for uh, verbal communication, there's a concept called weak language that I've heard about in uh, communication classes. This is more corporate training and things. This weak language oftentimes is just related to like ums, uhs, uh, those type of filler words, but that's actually not it. What I realized is if I go back and think about a conversation I had with someone, an email I wrote to someone, if I use a hundred words, and I constantly try to think about, can I actually repeat that same message, but in a lot more concise way? Can I have said the exact same message in 50 words? And then if you're able to do something like that, what you would realize is that the other 50 words you use is actually considered weak language because it's not really that helpful because you could have done it more concisely. So I think it's more of a reflection, iterative process for someone to go through and always take a look at the message and to see hey, what words there was not useful to the overall message. And then and how do you eliminate it from your communication style verbally and written in the future? Right. So essentially you're saying that we need to find a way to paraphrase. So even if you've done all of this prep work and you know what you want to say and you've brought it down into its key points and the essentials, when you're saying it, you still need to say it in a, you know, get, basically get to the point and don't kind of waste a lot of time on extraneous words because that makes it sound like you're waffling. Versus if you just say the few things that need to be said, you come across maybe as a little bit more of a leader or an authority because you're saying what the core thing is and then stopping. Yeah, correct. On the written communication part, you can actually analyze what you wrote. You can actually learn from it. Yeah, and that's a pretty easy one to reflect on and see. On verbal communication, it's a whole different thing because then it becomes a lot more about style, use of silence. And a lot of times you can actually use body language to communicate certain intent and tone that you cannot do a uh, written wise. That's more of a whole different segment of practice, but it's very important in, in a verbal, well, in a Zoom environment is important as well. It's also very important if you have live meetings, especially for leaders trying to communicate a message and getting around people behind a certain vision more topic. Okay, so we've talked about how one ideally should communicate and given us actually quite a few good tactical points and tips for how to get me see done, how to structure things and the fact that you should be structuring things before you start communicating. So this is all good, but I'm sure listeners of our show have deliverables that are probably due yesterday, presentations that they're making, documents that they're planning to share, emails that they're writing. So 
are there any frameworks or maybe formulas that you'd recommend so that they can get started immediately versus trying to figure things out from first principles using uh, what we just discussed yeah absolutely there's a couple of frameworks we can use that help people uh, on communication but i think more so on problem solving how to frame a storyline so let's say we have an example of a problem that you want to go present to your managers about and let's say it's a recommendation to go out a new office it's easy to start you know i think a lot of people will go out there and lay out the data first hey let me tell you how many people we have today how many people we have tomorrow and then you build that case up into the very end of recommendation on the last slide or last page to say hey we recommend that we build out a new office the first tip that i have is something that a lot of different consulting firms use a lot of people uh, use basically just get to the point and get to the so what's very quick so imagine if the first thing i said to you as a manager to come in hey amit we recommend that we build out a brand new office we literally just lay it right out you know the so what's the the key point right on the first page on the first line the first thing you would ask is and the first thing we would ask is say to ourselves is okay why should we build the office and then it actually makes the conversation a lot easier because then you know you've already stated your main point and then you can go backwards and lay it out okay here's the three reasons using the rule of three why we should build out the office let's go to reason number one and it's probably a bunch of sub reasons underneath so you're always starting with the so what's getting to that point very quickly rather than trying to start from all the nitty gritty details in order to build up that point yeah actually this is really good because i'm thinking back to so many meetings and stuff that i've had where the person starts with some long story and then it goes on and on and after about 5 or 7 or 10 minutes you're like looking at your watch and starting to do other things because you don't know where all of this is heading versus what you're saying is just say what you want and then get into why you want it that way and that focuses attention a lot more and it also means that in situations where you're speaking with either leadership or people with limited time or often what happens is you run out of time <laughs> you at least you got your main point across versus losing it uh, by burying it right at the at the back yeah i i seen that happen many times a 30 minute meeting they set up for 25 minutes and then you spend 5 minutes literally discussing what you needed to discuss and then you actually you completely run out of time you don't get to the main discussion or meet a bit quick enough right any other frameworks that you recommend yeah um there's two other frameworks that we use uh, that I've been teaching the teams one is called PCCR so there are four letter acronyms one is called PCCR um I learned this from one of my managers before I don't recall from where but it basically stands for problem context consideration and then the resolution and then it's it basically is a framework that we can use to build out the storyline so for going back to the same office example if you have to state out the problem you know when you start the discussion or the slides anything you need to do you lay out the problem first the problem we have today is the fact that we are running out of space for our employees and then let me give you the context okay we have four offices this many employees we have this many new employees that's coming up and and that's the context behind the problem but what what are the considerations as we're thinking about the problem considerations could be well we may or may not need all the office space because we're going to a hybrid model in the future more with zoom and things we can list out all the different considerations that's not part of a basic you know background contextual information and also the different insights that you would in order to analyze if you need to go to a new office and the very end the resolution if you just start with these three uh these four blocks right here it works very well because every single thing that you do at work is always about talking about the problem first so you start with a problem context consideration and resolution you can cover it's a very messy way of telling the story 
So that's the first one. Okay. And uh, what's the other framework you mentioned a couple? Yeah. The other one is also, it's called SCQA. So this is the one also from Barbara Mento, the person who coined the term Misi. So S means situation, complication. And then what's the question? What's the answer? So the situation in our environment here is the fact that we are going to run out of space in an office. The situation is the fact that we have a lot of employees coming in. We have very limited office space. And then what's the complication? The complication is the fact that we're going to run out of space, right? So I think that's kind of the problem of the PCCR. And then you can take a look at the question. Uh, the question that we had to ask ourselves today is, should we build out a new office for us? And then the answer is based on all the different analysis you have and your final recommendation. The answer is yes, we should or no, we should not. So it's SCQA, situation, complication, question and answer. Right. These are very helpful frameworks, Wenzu. And I'll link all of these later on the website. But essentially, these give people tried and tested ways of getting their point across. And they don't have to sit around inventing a new way uh, to communicate. Correct. Yeah. We actually had templates on the team that has to have those two laid out. So basically, the template has PCCR and then you just fill in what the problem is, what's the context, what's the you know, uh, consideration also for SEQA and they were both very you know, well used uh, within our teams. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Also saves people a lot of time trying to figure out how to structure their presentations. And because these are things that uh, consultants use, and I know consultants are extremely good at putting together material which grabs attention. It's a shortcut way for getting your point across as well. So before we close, Venzu, do you have any other suggestions or thoughts on how an individual could become a better communicator? I think, yeah, it's, it's basically these two. So I think the way I had phrased it in my mind is one is called structured thinking and second is clear communication. So the structured thinking is the MEC, the BSP, the rule of three. That's the, the core foundation of the thinking and organization of the thoughts in your mind. And then the clear communication is actually just how you articulate that out to the world, either in a written format and the verbal format. But the two together, I think, forms what we you know, talk about as being a better communicator. Right. And I think you've laid it out very well in today's discussion, both the planning and structure side and the actual communicating and frameworks side. So maybe let me just summarize a little bit for, uh, for our listeners. There are four main points that I think you made. One is when you're talking about communicating, you have to remember that you're communicating not just for yourself and making yourself look good and making it efficient to do that, but you're also communicating for others. So you have to see how that message lands, how easy is it for other people to absorb your message and thereby eliminate that invisible cost you were talking about. The second point is around structuring your thoughts using the MISI framework and then using bolded summary phrases and rule of three to actually bring the MISI framework into practice. And you did mention that it's a concept that people can understand, but it takes time to master. So the more often you do it, the better it is. And a simple tactic you suggested was just to do it on emails because you write dozens of emails every day. So why not use that as your practice uh, pad? Third point was around key messages and removing weak content. So is there a way for you to bring down things into just enough words to get the point across and then you know not waste too much time on filler material and, and weak content. The last one was around tried and tested frameworks. You shared actually quite a few, uh, three of them, and essentially focused on getting to the point and getting attention quickly so that you don't 
lose people in all the detail before you got your actual message across so these were great wins over it's good learning for everybody on this call it's good learning for me as well and a lot of good reminders here for all of us who are trying to accelerate our careers through our better communication yeah so wenzo thank you so much really appreciate having you here with us on uh, job talk thank thank you so much amit uh, that was very structured uh, very well communicated as well so <laughs> yeah you're doing very well on that one thank you thanks, for having thanks. me really enjoyed the time yeah same here and for everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in you'll find the show notes and links to all the material we talked about at crazytalk.online and also a link to wenzu's new book deliver in case you'd like to get all his career growth hacks he goes well beyond communication into a lot of different ways in which you can actually jump start your career and do remember to follow or subscribe to the show and if you like this episode which i'm sure you did because it's just been a ton of good material please show your appreciation with a five star rating we were wenzu and amit with job talk see you next time